I would say that being a co-founder is one of the loneliest jobs on this planet. You True. can't speak to your investors, you can't speak to your directors, you can't speak to your employees. In many cases, you don't even want to speak to your family because you told them that I'm going to leave a job and I'm going to start this entire thing. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fintech Ibad Dilse. Today, we have with us Mr. Puneet Gupta, founder and CEO of Kaleidofin. Hey Puneet, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure having you here. Hi Shreyas, it's a pleasure to be here uh, today. Thank you for having you. Great, great, great. It's it's really great to have you here, right? Uh, we have been really hearing a lot about uh, Kaleidofin. Uh, anyone who's kind of, you know, taken interest in uh, the digital lending space and fintech space, uh, specifically when you look at the financial inclusion segment, I think Kaleidofin's name always comes up and uh, it's, it's good to finally have you here and, you know, pick your brains around that segment. Having said that, I'll just give you guys a brief background of uh, Mr. Puneet. Uh, Puneet has, uh, you know, been running Kaleidofin for almost uh, six and a half years now. And before that, he was uh, CFO of uh, Dwara Group. Uh, so over to you, Puneet. Uh, would love to hear a quick background of yourself um, and then a bit about a bit more about your journey. Thank you so much, Shreyas, for the opportunity. It's a, it's a pleasure sticking to you today. Um, you. So I began my journey in the ICSA back way back in 2001. Um, mm. Started with um, setting up the microfinance team there. Um, worked as a part of the structure which took the portfolio at ICSA Bank to around 5,000 crores in those days. And, and mind you, at that time, the industry was very, very tight. Uh, most of the entities that you see as large listed companies today uh, right. at that time were societies and trusts. Um, so started my career really there, um, but over a period of time started to get a little bit bothered about the fact that customers only had access to it. Um, and while joint liability group loans were fantastic, uh, uh-huh. the big concern that I started to develop was that um, they were completely inflexible. People right. had to come as groups of five people to borrow. Um, and I wouldn't, I would never do uh, True. You would want to be given loans in your own personal right and minute. Um, so that was one thing that started to bother me quite a bit. Um, and then um, an important moment came after uh, the Khan Committee report recommended the coming of banking correspondence into India. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to move on from ICSA Bank to co-found uh, the IFMR group with a few of my friends. Um, and uh, there basically was the first time when I started to kind of get into a little bit of that uh, entrepreneurial side of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Started to see how to build businesses um, and uh, learned a lot in those 10 years uh, that I was there. Um, and I think another important moment in my life came uh, after the, the giant trinity took, took shape. Um, yeah. The moment we started to see all of the work that had happened on account of Jantan accounts, uh, Anhar, mm-hmm as well as increased mobile phone outreach. Um, the one thing that started to kind of hit me and my co-founder at Kaleidofin, um, Sucharita, was that um, as more and more technology comes into play, we will have a lot more people who now get excluded because of they not having comfort with technology. Right. Um, and that got us to start to think about Kaleidofin. Um, that actually made us move away from uh, IFMR group. Uh, it was a very hard decision. We had found that business as well and we really liked Happening there, uh, but the but the kind of uh, power of using technology and mobile phones to be able to bring businesses um, mm. was just very huge, and the impact True. could have on the inclusive finance sector uh, drove us to taking the decision to move on and set up the 
true true no this is this is super interesting right and uh, i'll i'll just take a step back because something really piqued my interest when you said the jam trilogy right uh, maybe this it's just uh, that i'm ignorant but i was not aware of that term earlier but when you said right chandan aadhar in mobile uh, it kind of uh, really made sense right this is essentially what led to the financial inclusion revolution or the beginning of that movement that we are seeing right now right that is correct uh, shares i would still say that in the financial inclusion we have a lot long way to go uh but i credit all of the growth of the fintech business in india uh to these three and i would add a upi uh, along with it uh the entire power of india stack which started with the entire aadhaar being introduced and the mobile phone seeing available to a large number of people uh i think that's just changed the pace of india um Seven years ago or six years ago, all of the stuff that we are hearing about was was kind of like fantasy. Um, true. Um, so um, I I would say that the two big things that have happened in this country um, was really Aadhaar and all the India stack that kind of followed, um, and of course the big focus that came in uh, by opening Jandhan accounts um, and trying to say that the future is going to be digital and let's start to reduce uh, cash usage. Um, Yeah, so so very much, uh, Shreyas. I I'm one of those people who believes in the power of the the jam community. Perfect, perfect. No, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that. I think that gives us a lot more context about yourself and Kaleidofin. Having said that, let's straight away dive into the first segment called Founder Story, where we'll uh, talk a bit more about your experiences, uh, your learnings, your mistakes of building Kaleidofin, as well as uh, Dwara, since you have been a founding member there as well, right? Uh, so yeah, let, let's let's start off with the first thing, right? Uh, what essentially inspired you to build Kaleidofin? Yeah, so it's very very difficult question for me to answer, um, and I think um, I, there are times when I basically think um, a, a kind of temporary moment of insanity, uh, and I think that comes uh, when you are an entrepreneur. Um, but the moment we started to look at the problem um, mm-hmm. that we were trying to solve, uh, it was right. financial inclusion all the way through. um even then we were in dwara days that was very much we were trying to make content uh true uh, we started to realize that the entire structure that we had created in dwara was was completely kind of uh, rooted to uh, the needs of the customer mm. um but the scale up of building a branch to be able to serve customers was very very hard it was very time consuming um Perfect. at the end of the day that was the need of the hour and i still think that a large number of customers need an assistive technology to do that and mm. um i i believe what dwara is doing is fantastic and i think that we need many more dwaras or dwara to kind of scale up in a big fashion um indeed but what also started to kind of create uh, in our minds was this entire thing to say that if we can harness the power of the smartphone if we can start to build it in a manner that every individual whether they are new to smartphones or not whether they know english or not whether they are new literate or whether they understand uh, how to kind of type down large sentences mm. um irrespective of who you are if we can start to build technologies that allow you to then engage with financial services it will be a big win um the second part of what kind of excited us was the challenge to say that most people don't really want to engage with finance um I don't know people who search in the morning to say what is the next best finance app that I can download. Um, so another part of the work that we thought would could add a lot of value is that if we can start to connect finance to the goals of customers, 
And we thought that by simplifying the entire jargon that is there in finance, uh, the two together, uh, simplification and use of technology could get. So I think a little bit of what is possible uh, started to become the big thing for me to make the transition. Mm. Uh, and sometimes when you start to see that the the reality in which you're operating today and what you can achieve versus what you could achieve if the power of technology can be harnessed. I think the, the jump was exponential. And um, in that moment, in that instant, I think everything else became kind of unimportant. Um, I, I keep getting reminded of this uh, very interesting quote. Uh, it's um, from, uh trying to kind of end with the name, yeah, Hunter Thomas. Uh, and he basically said, faster, faster, until the thrill of speed overcomes the fear of death. Um, and I think there is this entire feeling of being able to achieve something so large that it just made a decision in open. Definitely, definitely makes sense. Right? So ultimately, I think it all comes down to what uh, problem statement inspired you and you were already solving for that and you found a way to kind of solve for that in a bigger way and that is essentially what led to Kaleidofin and what it is today. Uh, let, let's talk a bit about the early days, uh, early days of Kaleidofin and when you started building Essentially, looking back, what was probably the most humbling moment that made you, uh, you know, kind of challenge everything that you know of, about the field, like that brought you to your uh, knees, and how did you kind of recover from that? Okay, so I would basically place two things uh, here, shares. I think one is uh, an interaction with the customer, which right. kind of uh, was big for me. Um, so we were trying to understand customers and how do customers use finance. Um, and I think we, um, as a part of understanding the customer better, we were trying to understand what assets we Um And I ended up reaching a household um, in, in rural Bihar, mm-hmm. where I saw a lady who had a LPG gas connection. Okay. Um, and she wasn't using it. She got it under the Ujwalas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of started to kind of make me think, what is, what is happening here? This is clearly good for the customer. Um, and then when I spoke to her in detail, she basically told me a few things. One, all the utensils that she had was for cooking on the chula. Okay. They didn't have anything which was a heavy vessel, which would mm-hmm. take the heat from uh, the cooking gas. So the food would start to stick, stick to the bottom. That was one mm-hmm. thing. That the second thing that she pointed out to me was that she goes to the fields to work. Her husband um, has migrated somewhere else. And what she told me was that I normally just feed uh, rice and water in, in, in this vessel and I just leave enough firewood and then I can step out of my house. Right. The firewood dies down and my rice is soaked by the time I come. Um, with gas, I need to watch over it because the gas doesn't switch off on its own. Oh, uh, yeah. I think in this, uh, what story basically brought to her was the fact that people have learned to live their life without an LPG. It will take some effort for them to switch over to LPG. There is some switching costs. There is some change of habits. There is some investment that people need to make in, in other utensils. And I, as I was having a conversation with her financial lives, I equally realized that she has learned her life, uh, to learn how to live her life without getting access to formal sources of financial. Mm-hmm. Um, she has her own sources of money. She has her own self-insurance that she's built around through social structures. And for us to come in and just say that we'll offer you A, B, and C is not going to kind of immediately cut. Of course. So I think part of our work uh, then became how do we integrate into her life 
without using complex jargon without talking about finance uh but yet giving her financial services um mm-hmm. so i think that was one uh kind of a moment in my life after starting collective thing which was important i think the second thing that uh was extremely humbling which actually brought us practically down to one means was mm-hmm. at some point of time the supreme court judgment on us we i i said that we built on the basis of the power of the jam community and here we were we got up first equity raise um we used all our seed funding in building technology which was faced completely on us and on that judgment uh, every single rupee that we had raised had already gone into building a technology which was our complete um we had to now go back to starting to think about how do we went from scratch how do we build an environment where we can actually build kind of get customers on boarded without that uh friction was just phenomenal but the fact was we also and that once again got us to start to rethink about how do we build our business uh right yeah but so in the second situation right i mean uh many founders would have been like completely uh, demotivated or would have kind of uh, hung their coats i mean how would you kind of deal with the situation where in the entire thing that you have uh, built up to date kind of has to be revamped and built from scratch again to kind of match with the newer requirements as such so um shares i think anybody who's been in the industry for a long time i think right this that regulation can always and um, at the end of the day you have to kind of move around to make sure that finally you are serving the customer um i think uh, what was hard was that a lot of cash went and you know as you are a startup you basically trying to move from one place to another and you have just amount of enough of all the equity to create that next proof of concept next mvp the first commercialization to raise the next check So uh, having gone through uh, the multi-stage journey how do you kind of manage uh, all the stress be it physical or mental what was your mantra to kind of you know, keep sane Oh okay hard one um precious um yeah absolutely I like, I I wouldn't say that um it's it's kind of a walk in the park uh, in in any form of manner um there are uh, so I think the initial days uh, you're just on a high right there is so much of an adrenal rush that you're basically every single win every single um bit of technology that you build out every single mvp um one api not crashing i think everything gives you a high at that stage sure. now, so i think the initial period is just one of those period of romances where everything just kind of works i think the reality hits you when the first romance period is over and then you start to get tough um and there comes a time when it just becomes really really very tough uh yes i would uh, owe a lot to my co-founder sucharita in this case um i would say that being a co-founder is one of the loneliest jobs on this planet you True. can't speak to your investors you can't speak to your directors you can't speak to your employees in many cases you don't even want to speak to your family because you told them that i'm going to leave a job and i'm going to start this entire thing and all you don't want to tell them that oh my god i'm really stupid true uh you're basically all alone in that particular moment um and having the co-founder um is what what at least get me seen uh me and sucharita we would pick up the phone many times a day we would basically talk it all out uh we would vent our frustrations we would basically think through how to solve this but at the end of the day uh i think just the feeling that i'm not alone i can speak to somebody i can talk about work to somebody i would say that that's super important to bring your family back 
Um, and the second thing, Shreyas, I would say is you have to have to have some way to to switch off. Uh, it's I think um, if if there's no way you can basically eat the work uh, at some point of time of the day, I think it starts to take a toll in a big way. Uh, so that would be the second most important thing I would say. But I I would always say having a co-founder is the biggest lesson that you can have. Makes sense. Makes sense. Right. Uh, you know, as we draw to the close of this segment, one last question uh, for you before we uh, you know open up with the Dhandi ki baat segment and deep dive into the what Kaleidoscope does. Uh, what are your three top three don'ts for budding entrepreneurs that you would want to share based on your experiences? Oh, uh, don'ts is hard. Actually, I have do's. I always believe that people have a lot of mistakes to make. Let me start with one do definitely uh, shares, which will be get a co-founder. Uh, just get a co-founder definitely. Um, on don'ts, I would largely say um, don't have too many backup options for us. It makes it really easy to. Um, so I would say that would be my number one. A lot of things is just about a lot of the business is just about persisting and not giving. Um, the second thing that I would say is that don't be the smartest guy or girl. Uh, hire people who are smarter than you. Uh, build a team. Don't try to compete with your own teams. And I think uh, unless and until you you basically are making sure that every person who you are hiring is better than you in whatever role that you're bringing them. I think as an organization, you are not kind of going to sleep peacefully. Um, yes. So that would be my second big uh, don't for people. And the third thing that I would say is, don't be in a hurry to chase valuation. Um, build a strong business. Uh, start really frugal. Don't raise a very large check. Uh, basically, the fact that you are very very frugal goes a long way in kind of uh, helping you build a business. There is some discipline that comes from you working out of constraints, um, and that is perfect. No, I think this this is really uh, insightful, and you know specifically uh, the co-founder piece, uh, getting a co-founder as well as what uh, really intrigued me. The one was the last one where you said don't chase after the valuation, but actually try to spend the money really frugally. As such, given in the current scenario and rising cost of customer acquisitions for a lot of segments, seeing a lot of people raising rounds every eight months, one year, and blowing it up on just and probably inflating their own cash by doing that, and that ultimately is what comes to their undoing in a couple of years' time. So, great advice! Thank you so much. I hope the audience really finds this insightful. Mm-hmm.